In today's episode, I talk to theatre director, business storyteller, entrepreneurship teacher, and corporate and startup consultant Paul Bourne about creativity in the world of work. We discuss how organisations can create a culture of opportunity that allows the individual to open up to become more motivated and self-determining. How diversity in thinking is key to entrepreneurial success and how creating a voice where there is none is the surest route to autonomy. Please join me as we look at life through a different lens. And hello, hello, Paul, and welcome to the Perception Podcast. It's really great to have you here. Thanks, Karen. Nice to see you. I haven't seen you for a while, actually, since uh, you were playing with your puppets, if I can say that. Uh, (laughs) Last time I saw you, were playing with some puppets, but um, lovely to see you. Yeah, I was playing with playing with some puppets. I think that was in some show or something, wasn't it? Um, Well, I think it was a show. Uh, I can't even remember. Um, But yes, it was you uh, definitely bringing bringing puppets to life somewhere in a performance. I'm trying to think. Anyway, it'll come to me halfway through this podcast. It will. I'll remember. It will ping back. It, yeah, it was a long time ago. So, um, yeah, welcome and thank you for coming on to the show. I'm really happy to speak to you because it's always a pleasure to speak to you. Um, and also what I want to do is really to 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 mine you for information. Um, now, you wear four, as I said, in, as I mentioned in the uh, in the introduction, you wear four creative hats as it were so as a theatre director as a business storyteller as an entrepreneurship teacher and a corporate startup consultant now um what I'm really interested in is the work that you do with your entrepreneurship in education well obviously I'm interested in everything that you do Paul but uh it's I think with with regards to um, the entrepreneurship and and how you view, view creativity and how you are exploring bringing create creativity into the into the workplace and um, shifting people's perceptions around how creativity can be utilised in the workspace, because I know personally from working in more corporate environments, people are very uh, disconnected from the idea of being creative if if it isn't, you know, part of their, part of their, if creativity isn't part of their work per se, you know. And I just wondered how you, I wondered how you approach that in your, in your, in your space. Yeah, well, sure. Well, first of all, I think that, that, you know, we have to think about why we go to work and you know what's the purpose of any given task that we're that we're you know we're that we either um want to engage with engage with or we're kind of forced to engage with for you know we've got to make money or we've just got to survive so you know you've got to think why am i going to work what why am i what am i spending my time doing and once you're in that environment 
then it's how much control do I have over, you know, what I'm actually doing and how I'm doing it. So, so I think it's, it's a mistake to wave a magic wand and say, oh, you know, um, we can't be creative at work or we can be creative at work rather. You can't just say one or the other. It's, it's often to do with the culture and the, the, the circumstance in which you find yourself. So if you're doing a very task oriented job, it's quite hard to be creative within that. You've got a set number of tasks. You've got, you're offered up tickets to work. You've got to solve problems. Those are your, those are your tasks. So I think. I think, um, I think we shouldn't um, be negative for a moment about, oh, it, it, you know, if people aren't able to be creative. Now, so, so I think that's a good starting point. In a leadership term, if you're running a startup or you're running a uh, some type of enterprise or all the way through to a large corporate organization, you should be constantly looking to get the best out of your colleagues, employees, whatever they may be. And that includes some ownership over decision making that includes some contribution towards task so i i think of it in the frames of when i when i'm in the context of and you're talking about i'm interested in creativity at work i'm interested in the the culture of the work and the leadership that gives opportunities for people to then be creative within those task frames that they're given so if you think of it as if I'm talking to somebody who's got some responsibility or authority, call it for want of a better word, over over a group of people or a team, then I will say straight away, let's look at these tasks and 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 where within the the bandwidth of this task is an opportunity for people to make decisions that they feel they can own, i.e. they're not just so nervous or worried they're going to make a mistake or they're not going to complete the task, but there is some bandwidth because with opportunity, opportunities uh, create, you know, the tasks that have opportunity kind of mindsets or behaviours associated with them then expand out. So therefore, we're saying to the leadership teams, don't just narrow down on task, yes, you have to do that, but let's open up into opportunity bandwidth. So I think that, that, that that's a good starting point to think that it is to do with the culture of an organization, which gives more or less responsibility to people to make decisions. Ha- and, and it will depend, of course, on the type of tasks that people are doing. So that's a good starting point, I think. Well, it's, re- it's interesting because there is a lot of fear around, you know, there is a lot of fear around people who are doing tasks, who find that they, you know, that they won't actually ask questions Rather, if they've been instructed in one in one way, they and, and are unsure. People are actually quite afraid to ask for clarity, and I think that that maybe is something that, which is where communication is really paramount. Because I think a lot of the time, when we think that we're communicating clearly, we're not communicating yeah. clearly, and also the fact that we sometimes people would rather not communicate because they think that it will create conflict well i think that's the that's where i started i think that we 
that we shouldn't criticize people for you know we always say to people be curious of course i think that's a good thing be brave i think but but we we shouldn't criticize people who are let's say you know placed into a context where it's very hard for them to challenge the system or to uh, or, or they just don't want to they just want to be perfectly happy just to accept the system as long as it, they feel that they are respected within that system and that there's it's not a system that's causing them any sort of psychological damage therefore that they feel psychologically safe within the system then they may well be very very happy to just to 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 work through that 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 in a sort of productive way so i agree with you but then then there's a side where where and I'm, I'm, I'm you know sorry to sort of say this again where of course as an individual if we a lot of people will become entrepreneurs or, or do their own business because they want that freedom to be able to make choices uh to be to make creative choices to be curious to be brave but coming back to what i was saying before in this kind of, it comes down to the culture of an organisation and all the way down the bandwidth that people are given to be able to make decisions. And I think you, you make a very interesting point about questions. So a, a starting point for me in this process of unlocking creativity within teams, obviously, is this opportunity thinking. And we made that clear, I think. You're given some bandwidth for people to make decisions, but also to go down and ask about what questions are we asking? So what questions are we asking of ourselves in the tasks that we're doing? So where you're, you're, you're given a task that's always been repeated or explored in a similar way, then to question that mm. task as things change, as opportunities present themselves in an ecosystem or whatever it might be. So, so you, therefore, are in a culture of asking questions. Therefore, in a leadership term, you have to both yourself say what questions am i asking of my team or of my of my colleagues and to encourage your colleagues to question the processes as they exist does that mean that you have a formal system of you know you have review meetings of how well projects have done or how well things are happening or you're actually working with lots of different clients we've been we've fundamentally tried to raise awareness and the context for people to ask questions and to feed back on what is going well, what is not going well, and that they, therefore, that they actually are invested in projects or processes or whatever it might be, actually being better for the customer, for themselves, for the organisation. So, so I think this idea of what questions are we asking and the context in which we're giving or the, the environment where we're allowing people to question, I think, is, is, a, is a powerful one. And do you think then that there is that when, when these kind of new, uh, uh, how, how can I put it? Do you, do you think that there's, that there's suspicion or resistance from even though something a new way of thinking or a new way of of operating is being sort of suggested do you think that 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 meets with suspicion initially from people who are in that work environment because i think a lot of people's perception you know people hate change <laughs> you know they absolutely hate change and i think they sometimes view change with fear because yeah. it may expose what they're doing or what they're not doing. We're talking about um, the world of work. Sorry, yeah, absolutely, Cara. And I think I think sort of jumping in in on that, 
Um, I think that there's this, the first, first thing that comes to mind when you say this about, you know, people, are they essentially prepared to put their heads up and, you know, above the parapet and say what they think? Um, I think that there is, there's a couple of things going on here. You've, you've talked about fear. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm emphasizing fundamentally about the culture of anything, of a team, of a family, of an organizer, any unit, any unit which you're part of, there is a culture. Uh, and, and that, that is, so I, I mentioned earlier about psychological safety. I think this is a very, very important point to make that. Are you in a culture or an environment where it is acceptable to say what you think fundamentally? Now, and that safety is where you, i.e. one of the fundamental aspects of psychological safety is that you're not in fear of having a voice. I think that's really, really important. And that you're not going to be labelled negatively because, oh, you are, I, if you have a voice, you're trouble. Okay, so that person is trouble or that person is a certain type of person. And you, therefore, we have the danger of labelling. And I think that that, that I mean, that, that is often the way think people have a default thinking mechanism. Certain, you know, you, you have certain groups or types of people. And one is they are trouble. So therefore, if they have a voice, it's not actually about uh, uh, potentially them being positive. It's then telling you all the things you're doing wrong. All the things that are bad about this business are bad about it. And that's the danger. That's where we have to create the environment where people can have opinions. They're not not always going to be right opinions, but they can have opinions or insights that will potentially be, um, be able to be shared and could actually have an influence, you know, on, and, and, you know, you start with number one thing you often start with is your own kind of, you think about, your own context of work and we've started talking about work and I've gone into one particular aspect of work you know where with I'm kind of my head at the moment is around employed work mm. uh, rather than self-employed work um, although it does work in both mechanisms so you're, you're going to think about your own personal journey and how you're spending your time what you're spending your time doing and, and your own sort of sense of of enjoyment or engagement or most importantly value so self-valuing your your position and once once you feel that you've got a position where you can feel whatever that job is that you are either valued or you have some self-worth in that job then that's a good thing okay Mm -hmm. because it just gives us a reason to want to get up in the morning and go to work like i.e we can make a difference. In whatever context it is, we can make a difference. Once you've established that confidence and you've been given the opportunity, self-motivated or contextualized, then by, by the leadership um, team, then, then you start to think, once you feel very confident about it, and if you believe in the work that you are doing, then you start to think about how you can make improvements for the organization itself. So it starts with you and then it moves to your organization. What you can't do is say to people, you know, you're doing it for the customer, you're doing it for us, you know, because people are like, well, okay, that's great. That's going to improve your profits or going to improve your kind of, but, but what, what about the environment and where I have my self-worth? And I think we have to start with that. Then we can have the opportunity to create um, value for the organization. It's first of all, it's for the individual. Because I think, yeah, it really is important the 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 sense of agency that the individual has. You really do have to, I think, be connected to that and perceive yourself. Because when you have agency, then you feel that you have power and that you have a voice, and that that voice hopefully is heard, and that voice is responded to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I think there are a lot I found it's so strange. I've worked in, I've worked in a few corporate kind of, you know, jobs and it really is the same, the same story with a lot of people. People really don't want to speak out because they fear, as I, you know, as I said earlier, they fear something negative happening to them. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's right, Car- I think that's right, Caroline. But I think there's a bit we, that you know you've introduced the concept of from the beginning of speaking out. I think at least um, uh, around creative, around cre- being yeah. creative. Or, uh, yeah. Okay, but but I do think that there is. I think there are changes when it comes to speaking out around other things. I think there are that, that I think society has shifted somewhat around discriminatory aspects. I think where people are able to speak out about that they're not being treated fairly or respected either legally uh, in terms of discrimination. I do feel in a very general sense, and I, I've got some examples, that the, the speaking out around discrimination or that, that this isn't the way things go. I think people have more confidence right now that they are, that they're, whether it is through, uh, it's very seems blasé to say something like a me too campaign but 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 that 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 because things have become much more kind of um shared uh much more uh, visible i think the speaking out in those terms are for me anyway maybe i'm sitting in a, with from a different perspective i feel that are more plausible what we're talking about right now is something almost it's not less important but but less sort of um vital in the sense of we're talking about people speaking out in the sense of being creative having an opinion challenging the system and so i, I just want to differentiate between yeah, something yeah, totally. you know very much about this this notion of speaking out yeah. I mean, I think when, well, when I say speaking out, I was actually thinking of, you know, when, when, because it is frustrating when you have really fabulous ideas and you kind of want to offer those ideas up and those yeah. ideas, because those will make the work environment better for everyone. Well, that has to be in the culture. That has yeah. to be in the culture. It has to become from the leadership team. And where, where, where things um, fundamentally shift then is where somebody is working in an environment, they've got some skills, they've got some experience, they've got the context where where they're able to then take that step out of the corporate world or out of um, a regular working environment where they're an employee into becoming self-employed or freelance or um, gigging more or becoming an entrepreneur, i.e. having a startup, becoming becoming a founder. And that's where you say, right, for whatever, whatever is driving you, whether it is, you know, um, self-decision making, self-efficacy, whatever it might be, that then that is a big shift. And it can be because you just feel like your hands are tied at work and you're not getting the responsibility, or that you just have this fantasy or this sense of self that I want to do something. And fundamentally, what what I ask my, the entrepreneurs, whether they've come out of the corporate environment or whether they're students trying to set up their first business or whatever it might be, or somebody who's retiring and wants to do something that is self-determined, I, I fundamentally ask them, the, you know, obviously about, you know, what they think their journey will be like and who's going to control that journey, who else they need to have that journey. And for me, I ask them and think to think about the fuel that they need to be able to be successful in that journey. And and the way I define that is around some self-determination, some self-motivation. It is about uh, having a set of values. You can then drive your time 
and energy. Therefore, you are now in the at the forefront of your own journey, your forefront of your own creative journey or getting the best out of yourself, your curious journey, and it becomes much more self-determined. But most people we find founders are often in pairs or two or three because you're driven with more fuel to go more along the journey, more effectively along the journey. And therefore, you're trying to find like-minded or if not like-minded, like-valued people who can actually appreciate this idea of we are looking constantly to get the best out of each other, to drive towards a goal. That can become very, very exciting. Yeah, and that's and that you know is is one of the I suppose uh, uh, benefits of accountability, having partners who, as you say, are have the same goal, and you are driving towards that goal together. Yeah, and then and and by definition, um, and this is something that should be you know treasured as well in in any in any team by definition by by you although they might be like-minded they may, may not be like thinking so therefore therefore you're by definition by expanding out a, a founder team you are looking for diversity in all its senses diversity of thinking diversity of experience diversity of perspective you know and the journey that you guys are going on you've come to this point you found somebody you think can uh, um, initially, it's through kind of skill set complement, uh, complementary skill sets, but actually, it's like diversity of thinking. Therefore, you have more fuel to be able to go faster or further in your journey together. And then, as you pick people up along the way, as you build your business, as you build your idea, then actually, you're you're recruiting people into your thing again uh, by their kind of attitude, character. Um, their 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 sort of um, value system as well as their skill set because a lot of skills can be can be taught but you're recruiting people who have an attitude or a character which complements the one that you are trying to create because you've created the culture of this organisation you know and I think that that can be very very exciting yeah and that and that I suppose is this the way you know a fundamental way to begin to to use creativity in your uh within work within within building your business within you know to, to, i suppose creating a structure that is that that does that already has creativity flowing through it if you if you see what i mean yeah yeah i think i think we, we you know we should be careful about how we define creativity because i think that for me it's more um in, in the context so far that we've been talking about today it's more about um opportunity to have a voice and to be able to spend some time exploring rather than it is saying right you must be creative and we have creative agencies but what are they actually doing um or the creative arts what are they actually doing they're actually questioning the world i.e they have the scope and the the bandwidth to question and 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 it's when that you know these questions are being explored that maybe a a creative idea or a creative solution or a moment of creativity may actually so for me it's not about having creative cultures it's about having questioning cultures and therefore once we start to ask the questions of how we do things why we do things so 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 and you are creating i mean i think that is the perception that i that i was sort of getting 
at the very, very start when we started talking is that people do have this perception that they are removed from creativity and what and about what creativity actually is in their workplace because the understanding is, oh, I have to be creative and it's not actually about doing anything that is creative per se, but it's about, as you say, uh, new ideas. Um, then you get the juices flowing. But I just think if you just say to someone, go off and be creative, they would just uh, go, what? Yeah. No, like I would. Like if someone said that to me, I was just say, go off and be an elephant. It's just like, what? I have no concept of what yeah. I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, it's a completely different species to me. But yeah. if, you, if, you, if you say, you know, let's take a look at this, or what do you see? What do you see? And that's why diversity and, and different backgrounds and different kind of contexts, um, that's why people do, you know, the research to, to, to understand what different people's perspectives are so that you get that kind of that diversity of questioning of the of the world, you, you know, uh, uh, and what you see. That's where we're I mean, you know, you start. Obviously, we've we're, we're fundamentally talking about the way that we communicate. But I think this idea that we ourselves should not be um, looking at and reading and getting into the exactly the same cycle as every other person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know you, you've got your opinions about the media and press because I've heard you talk about them as yourself, um, Caroline. I think that we have to be able to, wh- where we're not questioning is where we're accepting the, or seeing rather. Um, it's up to us what we accept, but seeing and hearing and listening to the same things as everyone else so so you know you mentioned uh, a little bit of my work with students um and you know and it, that, there's another whole podcast on whether or not you can teach entrepreneurship because it seems like a total paradox because if you want to be an entrepreneur you should just go and do it but obviously there are certain things within the entrepreneurial environment which are skills to be learned but fundamentally my my first sort of not demand but sort of observation and advice i suppose is to not be looking at the same things as everyone else and and uh, i i think that therefore your stimulus your questions your you know that's why you know i'm so interested in in travel i'm so interested in um just putting myself in different environments because as soon as you do that that's where the disruption that's where the opportunity comes that's where the and not everyone can do that but you can start to look and explore in different areas and within a work environment or a personal family environment you know you take the kids off or your family or your partner and you go somewhere else or you do something else it doesn't have to be an expensive holiday you put yourself in an environment where suddenly there are questions and opportunities and things to think about that you're not used to because of routine. If you go back to the very, very first thing I started talking about, you know, my own clumsy way, I was trying to say about why people go to work. And, and, and although I didn't answer that question very well, I don't think, I think one of the things I suppose I was trying to get into or explore was the idea that you have a routine and that becomes your mechanism or your mechanistic kind of routine that is expected and set as a task. In order to be creative, you have to be able to bring something in or take something out of that routine to be able to change the environment and change your way of thinking about that environment. And that's the key. Yeah, 
Wow. Yeah. Well, that is, wow, that is the key. That's, you put that really well. Cause as I was listening to you there, I thought, yeah, it's, we do get stuck into a rut of work, into a way that we, just in, in terms of the way our brains function, you know, I, I oftentimes will kind of go, right, I'm going to brush my teeth with my left hand today. Just okay. something, something, and I'm going to not always go the same way to work that I always go because we kind of tend to fall into these grooves, you know, these grooves of behaviour and um, they do, they do kind of narrow down our experience of the world and our experience in the world, I think. Mm. I think it's questioning and challenging and also just, like you said, doing things differently. That's why people always, they always come back refreshed from holidays, yeah. you know, when they've been away. They always come back with uh, it, uh, just being invigorated when they've been away. Yeah. What you said there, I just thought it's, yeah, it's really important. I think there's a, an, a you know, I don't, uh, there's a danger. There's a danger of uh, of coming across, certainly for myself, coming off as, um, having some set sort of sense, not of elitism, but of of you know you you, you need certain resources or certain um, you know education or um, social economic context in which to be creative. I don't want that to be the case because sometimes we just I, I really don't want that to be the case. So I think your 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 notion of and the thing that I think I was talking about as well of whatever routine we find ourselves in, that is our functioning routine, okay? That is what we have established, and that may well be the routine that we have, which is our survival mechanism, okay? That is how we survive, and the opportunity to be creative in that is not one that we wish to pursue, because it will disrupt our survival mechanism. However, this idea of thriving, and I don't just mean economically, I mean thriving on our journey, is one that is is very, very attractive for people because it has an energy and it's not the first time we've used that word today but this energy I go back to my idea of fuel and when I talk about fuel I talk about practical emotional possibly spiritual fuel things that drive you um, and your energy is one that that even within the routine that you've got is is you know that you can actually hopefully find a way to expand out from that routine and therefore you create certain energies by new experiences, new opportunities. But I don't want it to make it sound like you have to be in a position where you can just go off and do whatever you want, whenever you want. No, 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 I, uh, no, I don't think I don't. Well, I don't know. People may have thought that, but I, but I hear what you're saying. And I think, but it was interesting there when you said, you know, this whole thing, we have our, we have our groove, we have our routine, we have our structure, which is about survival. Now, do you think that do you think that people becoming enmeshed in that they are then able to really thrive if you're just focused on surviving? Well, no, I, I, I don't know if you are. I mean, you know, I think that there's again, you know, I mean, we're 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 in a very sort of our contact. You know, I started talking about the corporate world, the startup world. You know, and and I, I don't have the the knowledge to take it out of even out of a Western context at the moment. I mean, obviously, I have worked, and it may be interesting to think about you know where where we go off and, and explore different cultures. I think that there's a reality about survival, but even there's there's a great. Um, 
there's a great uh, I'm trying to think of the name of this book. Um, I think it's called Frugal Innovation. I'll talk about that for a second. Okay, it's by a, an Indian professor um, called Jai Deep uh, Prabhu. And uh, he is uh, explore, explores, so I'm kind of picking up on this survival thing. He explores um, innovation that happens in any kind of um, society, but is frugal, i.e. you have to you, you have to say, I can't, I don't have, you know, uh, I'm not going to go on an investment round. I'm not going to get lots of money. I don't have lots of money, but. I'm questioning the way things are done. And he gives some amazing examples where people have been incredibly creative on zero resources, not because uh, because they wanted to solve a problem. Then they saw a problem that could be solved. The best example he's, he, he gives, and I've only, I can only half remember him talking about it, but it was um, in Indian villages that he was uh, researching and going to visit. There was a real lack of... Uh, medical support for babies that were very um, that were not well when they were born. They need to be incubated, essentially, that there was a period of incubation. And these sort of genius um, people had had um, had found this mechanism where essentially using hot water bottles. And it sounds very sort of um, simple. But what they've done is they created these little sort of essentially incubators for babies where they're able to retain heat within a, a very, very simple system um which which because people have only thought the only way you can incubate these babies is to take them to a hospital but they found a way to do it this was such a, a great innovation though the way they did it was so clever and i'm afraid i can't remember i just i remember the hot water bottle because it stuck with me but i can't remember what they did but i do remember that they that they were then approached by a by an, an organization an ngo to say this is brilliant we're going to be able to make these for two or three hundred dollars and actually we can start to get them everywhere because they're so vital but this idea came from a need or a problem that was very present in, a, in an, an environment where people didn't have very many resources, but they knew that they had a problem to solve. And that is very interesting. That's when somebody becomes creative, not necessarily through necessity, becomes creative because of what they see. And I come back to this, um, this statement that I'm, I'm interested in is what do you see yeah. that no one else sees? Or what do you see that Everyone sees, but no one's doing anything about. And that's the latter part of that. What you see is it's because it's easiest to do nothing. If you see a problem or an opportunity, do you have the resources, maybe the imagination or the context to be able to to to, to fulfill that kind of, um, I don't know if you call it a desire, but fulfill the opportunity? Well, yeah. I mean, what you were saying that I love that because there are so many instances of where there has been a, a need, a problem, and people having genius ideas, really genius ideas, very simple. It, it's sort of it's it's almost stepping back and going into yourself, and rather than looking outward, because we've had all of this kind of you know you see lots of stuff, and people are telling you, well, this can't be done, or that can't be done. But actually, again, I think, you know, talking about, as I mentioned earlier, agency and kind of saying, well, I have agency and maybe I also have an answer to something. And I think that's that's a really important factor with anything moving forward with with whether you are an entrepreneur or whether you are part of a team. 
yeah. or part of a family or, you know, there's, you know, uh, and again, you know, essentially what you, to summarize what you're saying, uh, if I, if I, if I understand it correctly, is it's about having a voice um, or, uh, and so that voice is either created by the culture of the family or the culture of the organization or the team, or if you can't, if you can't create that environment where you, or you, you're not part of an environment where you have a voice, then you create your own. And it might mean leaving home. It might, you know, that's why kids leave home, you know, because they want to have their own voice, their own destiny. So, you know, so hopefully they will stay part of the family. I hope that, that my kids are at that age now where they've left home. And, you know, I hope that they will have their own story and that's the key and, you know, and so on and so forth. That's why entrepreneurs, um, you know, go on this journey. And it's not a journey that everyone is able or wants to take. But if you want to talk about agency, you want to talk about about less about creativity, more about opportunity or or a journey. If you want to go on such a thing, then that's where if you can't have a voice, then you have to create a voice. And I think that that yeah. is, um, that is that can be quite interesting. And that is a really perfect <laughs> way to, I think, conclude, Paul, because this has been quite a, you know, it's been an, a wonderful, energized conversation. And thank you so much for your insights. Um, because I think that's the thing. If you don't have a voice, create a voice, you know, be heard, take, understand you have agency, shift the perception of yourself and move forward. So, uh, yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I hope you can come back and we'll talk more about in another episode, maybe talk more about your your creativity in terms of theatre. Um, uh, but it would really be great to uh, have you back. And also, if you can just before we finish, if people want to work with you, I mean, I'm going to include all the... Um, uh, links to all of your, you know, all your socials, whatever. Um, but if people want to work with you, what, what, where, where can they find you? How can they hunt you down? Well, I've no idea. <laughs> I certainly have never done any marketing of everything. And this, by the way, is not a marketing exercise at all. But it does remind me of those times when I was a young theatre director. I uh, the first first really proper work I did was in New York City. And um, and it wasn't every time, but quite often when you were in that cab and you went from one theatre to another, the, the 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 cab driver would turn around and hand you their acting CV and say, <laughs> uh, Mr. Bourne, if you have any opportunities to audition. And at least one occasion I did definitely audition them uh, just oh, for wow. the hospital, because they were in that position to do something. So, yeah, you, the, 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 you'll find me. I think uh, I, I did a um, I did a, uh, a, a chat. Is it chat G T uh, GPT? yesterday uh, on my name and I put a uh, write a poem about Paul Bourne in Cambridge and it was uh, he said uh, he said he was interested in new ideas and new thinking that's what came out so somewhere oh, out in the ether is its new ideas and new thinking and uh, Paul Bourne and uh, the poem wasn't very good but I was quite happy to at least oh, have that as part of my fantastic. poem well, that... <laughs> <laughs> well what I will do is I'll put all the links to everything that anyone could find you on uh, and and your bio in the um, in the show notes and I just want to thank you again Paul it was really great to talk to you it was brilliant thank you my and I uh, hope to see you again yeah absolutely bye
Oh, and everyone, thank you for listening, as always, to the Perception Podcast. Um, Please like and share and follow and subscribe and tell everyone about it and tell me what you like and tell me what you'd like more of. And um, I will see you again on another episode next week.